This is Carl. This is Mark. And this is Sarah. And this is Retrograding. This is Retrograding, the show where three 90s kids give adult looks to our favorite childhood movies. This week, we're taking a look back at Willow to see if our nostalgia is warranted. So, Sarah, you brought this forward, and if I'm not mistaken, you said this is your favorite movie? One, one of, of your favorites? One of my favorite childhood movies, yes. All right, let's see if we can ruin it for you. Oh, good. <laughs> All right, I will start. Pick up a timer, and then you are going to do a 60-second synopsis. I'm not going to uh, be looking at the thing, so you got to make a loud noise when my time goes off. Oh, I'll play it into the microphone. Okay. Because that is a more efficient way to do that. You can't just go, right. eh, eh, For the eh. audience, Sarah warned us that this is the first time she wrote down her, her synopsis. Yeah, it's amazing. So... We'll see how that goes. It's going to go She has bad. a full page of text. Normally, she has no pages of text. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. And in three, two, one, go. Willow, a Nelwyn farmer, finds a Dakini baby in a river near his home. He is tasked to take the baby back to her people by the village sorcerer. Eventually on this journey and with help from brownies, a fairy queen, a sorceress that looks like various animals, and kind of Al Kilmer, he learns that the baby is a prophecy child and he needs to protect her from the evil queen who wants to banish her soul. After several near misses to kidnap the baby, they finally have a showdown defeating the queen using lightning, letting Alorna fulfill her prophecy and be for become queen eventually, and Willow gets to go back home to his family. Yeah, you did it in 30 seconds. That was one of the quickest ones ever. You have very tiny pages of text, apparently. Uh, okay. All right. Well, uh, I think I we're got not the even going to let this thing right? run out. It's not worth it. Anyway, uh, let's go into long form. What did you guys see as adults that you missed as children? The whole it's, movie. Yeah, I had not seen perfect. this as a child. Oh, it's perfect it's well in your mind. Perfect. i will say sarah you warned us that you wanted to do this movie but you were scared that we i would was ruin scared it. and i have bad news for you you hate it because oh, no. i liked it a lot so i can't ruin uh, it for you. yes <laughs> i will say i am not alone in the fact that i really love this movie this movie has like a cult following like there are people you know, that want a sequel to this movie to this day I, it was my first time watching it just like Mark. I won't say that I loved it. Yes. I thought particular moments were done very well, though for me, a lot of it slogged a bit and it, it, the journey kind of lost me in sections. Yes. But this is a thing that we've talked about in episodes before where that doesn't bother me as much as that because we talked about it in Terminator and there was a couple others where I'm like, I don't mind that as much, so mm -hmm. it might just be a me thing. I think, I'm okay I think with for just... me, just the overall plot and the whole story of it kind of outweighed the parts that were not as good. I don't yeah. know. There and are definitely think... things that, that are dated, like special effects-wise, yes. um, but yeah, the story itself still, still stands yeah, cause, today. Because there's still, I mean, it's 
it's Lucas stuff. It's right. It's a Lucas film, um, and it's directed by Ron is, Howard, who what does is, fantastic. What work. is their special effects? Light and uh, industrial light and magic. Thank you. Um, yeah. They did the stuff. Um, I will say even more than the plot, even more than the the, the thing that I think makes this movie my favorite or mm-hmm. one of my favorites for Charles is Warwick Davis. <laughs> He's possibly one of the most likable people in the world. I love him. I will agree with you that I think he is a charming man, and I like him. I don't think he's a very good actor. Oh, I think he's I great. I don't believe that he delivers the lines with any nuance. In some he, sections, it sounds like he's just reading yeah. it off of a sheet See, of paper. I, I did notice that. I think especially earlier on in the movie. I love him. I think when I got further He's into great. it and got more more into the plot, because I had literally, like like we said, I had never seen it. I had no idea what I was getting into. I actually was expecting it to be animated when I first it, started watching it's like it. Really, but the then, Hobbit, but with a baby. It, yeah, <laughs> exactly, pretty much. And I. It, it took me a good 10, 15 minutes to really get into it because I was just kind of so taken back by what it, what was going on in the opening scenes because I didn't really, I wasn't, I had no idea what the story was or anything. So it took me a while to actually get into it. But once you start the like the actual plot and that whole part of the film, I, I got into it a little bit more and was able to get around the whole fantasy aspect of it, which I was not expecting either. So, so, so weirdly, my first note on this movie, though, is that's a good baby raft. I don't know huh. why I wrote that note. Uh, my first note, same scene, is that baby wearing a toupee? The answer <laughs> is yes. <laughs> well, probably that they, they, there was like so, seven babies. So the reason for it uh, is they show the baby and it has these bright red hair so, to suggest that it's magical. Um, but I, I immediately said, oh, this is fake hair. The reason for this is for the raft scene where they never show the baby's face on the raft. All they show is a bundle with this red hair coming out of it. There's also like seven babies in this movie. Only two got credited, but there's like a million babies. Did it ever say how much time had... Because the beginning is the baby being born in the dungeon area, right? And then suddenly it looks like it's like a year and a half old. (laughs) I don't know. That that midwife goes on quite a trip. I mean, there's acting rights and there's also magic babies. But she goes on quite a But then she doesn't age at all for the rest of the movie, so... She's like going through the snow and through the swamp. Yeah, you you can't do this with a one week old... But you like, just you just can't. There there was some sort of time change when that midwife was trekking through the forest. It was it was a while of trekking. I don't know. I clearly the baby aged. I don't think the story acknowledges that as a long span of time. There was snow. There wasn't snow in before. And then it's spring. They were in the castle. Then they went up the mountain. Then then there was a river. Yeah, and that takes time. All right, <laughs> like days. I don't know. How fast does an old lady walk? Days. (laughs) I would put it at weeks. Yeah. The the thing I noticed at the beginning was just like how much of a curse having this baby was. Because I was like, oh, mom's dead. Oh, surrogate mom is dead. Who is going to take this baby? Well, what? The answer is Warwick Davis. Well, we're not to the end yet, so I won't get I won't get into that, I guess. But it, it's interesting that the prophecy was that this baby was going to destroy the sorcerer queen lady, and 
that had well, nothing that to do with it in the end. But <laughs> I think maybe just her being born triggers the events, not her specifically. And then she grows up to rule and be a good ruler or something. Right. So, so where movies fail with prophecies is that everything of a plot of a movie is written in that one prophecy and then things just happen to occur. This movie got around that by saying the prophecy is this baby's going to become queen. And then the story's not about her at all. The, the, the prophecy is going to become true years down the line. And this week, completely outside of the prophecy, is what enables that. But it, it's not like there's several steps of the prophecy that need to be fulfilled. This baby got born, and then the, the plot just goes. So I think that was wise as far as structuring the plot. So you get out of that prophecy trope. Um, and, and when they were talking about the sequel, cause it has been brought up, Warwick Davis has talked about it. Val Kilmer's talked about it. I think Ron Howard's maybe talked about it because people talk about wanting to do it. And it's talked about as a joke. And some people have talked about actually wanting to do it, but they talked about if they were to do it, it would not be a remake. Cause I don't think you could make it a remake. Cause a lot of what hinges, I think is the actor they've ha they have in this and not necessarily the story, but have it be more in the future. And what happened once Willow becomes actually more of a sorcerer and what happens to um, the princess as she fulfills, I guess, the second part of the prophecy of becoming this kind of supposed to be this legendary queen, which would be interesting. Yeah, that actually sounds mm -hmm. good. Are they ever going to make it? Probably not. And that no. makes me sad. But good idea for coming up with, if we were going to do it, it would be an interesting secondary idea, not just let's just do the same thing again. Um, right. But in in the baby goes down the river and we get yes. introduced at some point during this village to one of my favorite characters. And I think one of the things that sets kind of this more in the vein, as much as it's kind of Lord of the Ringsy Narnia, Hobbity sort of thing, mm -hmm. sets it kind of more in the camp because it is Lucasfilms and Ron Howard and fits it closer to kind of like a labyrinthy, dark crystal-y thing is there's a lot of humor in this movie. Mm. And it's... The sorcerer of the village who just says the most ridiculous things, and I love him. Yeah, I I liked the sorcerer guy. I will say, Willow participates in a trial to see if he'll become the sorcerer's new apprentice, and I nailed this freaking So trial. did I. <laughs> Having not seen the film at all, I, knew I would have chosen my own and finger, I... and I would have become a sorcerer. Uh. Congratulations. But I think it's, it means that Willow kind of gets... An arc starting kind of from a wimpy little farmer yeah. man into yeah. being able, by the end of the movie, to come home and and be confident in himself. And he right. does have a really cute family, and I love his cute little family. Mm. His, even though the, the daughter's acting is, that's... Yeah, I mean, the kids were not great either. I thought the son was good. I thought the daughter was, I mean, she's like, probably like four years old, so... Yeah, so you're given a pass, four-year-old child. While we're talking about the little hobbit village that are not hobbits, um, there, there was a larger... Nelwyn. Who, Nelwyn? The, yes. the, the bald Nelwyn. guy who was like the leader of their little fellowship later on. <laughs> um, I know I've seen him in other things, but I don't know what. I Was he in Time Bandits? Or was that oh, the other guy? that could totally be it. 
The one I recognized was one of the soldiers later because he had a reoccurring role on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh. And he was also in one of the Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen movies. See, the one I recognized is also one of the soldiers later who was the elf in Bad Santa. Yeah. Him I recognized too, but mine was the guy with like the, the dark curly hair and like the goatee because he played Roland in... Um, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, who was like a wizard who had a crush on Sabrina, and they had this princess episode. And I watched too much of that show as a child, so... <laughs> All right, before we move too as far away from it, you as mentioned that they are called the Nelwins. Yes. And this this got into a fantasy trope that I don't buy into. I don't read high fantasy. Uh, and so this movie has a lot of dumb names, which it should. It's a... It's, an older movie set in a fantasy thing. This is what they did back then, but I cannot stand it. I couldn't remember a character's name. I had to give everyone a nickname in my notes just so I could keep track of who was who. Like who? Uh, let's see. Queen Bavmorda. <laughs> or her daughter, Sorsha. Uh, let's see. Okay, that one's not a hard one. No. I, I could not remember Sorsha. I it's don't hard remember either of the brownies' names. Did or, they have names? Uh, they do, but I don't know if they say them. Also, or one the, of those brownies the guy, guys Or is... the guy I called Bearded Exposition, which was Eric Thauber. Yeah, Eric. <laughs> Eric. No, it's pronounced with an A. I know, a. it's an Eric. A. I know it is, but they, it's kind of <laughs> slurred into an Eric. But Yeah, uh, or again. Finn Razriel. It's just... Maybe it's I, just because I've first seen watch, these names are imparsable. They work in fantasy books because you can see them and you can read them. If people are just saying these names, it's nonsense. But you could say that about literally every fantasy thing. That's fair. I mean, even in Lord of the Rings, if you didn't know them, I mean, they're... I, mean, I don't know. They, I give, they literally the Rings, give them nicknames. Lord of the Rings gets around it. Uh, Frodo. Uh. It's a very easy name to say. Sam, very easy it's name to say. It's not my fault you can't pronounce a two-syllable word like the daughter's name. Uh, what was it? It's it's Sorcho, wasn't it? <laughs> See, you don't remember. <laughs> Sorcho was the name. Anywho, but I, so... It's something that took me out of the film. I can't necessarily say that this is the only film that does this. If it's Val just a Kilmer trope. can say it, you can say it. Yeah, well, did he mm, say it? Did not yeah. love Val Kilmer's performance. <gasps> Are you kidding? Val Kilmer was my favorite Are, in this movie. So, I what I knew of Val Kilmer before this was like Top Gun and Batman. I mean, and I this found was Val more Kilmer, acting from him than either of those. I found Val Kilmer very attractive in this movie. Well, so, of course you would. Well, yes, I could see that being attractive to a. Never mind. Anyway, um, <laughs> he's he's the dashing rogue who has a change of heart and is more likable by the end. It's it's. But he's the type of rogue. That I don't love because he doesn't talk his way out of anything. Everything comes down to him causing a ruckus and slipping away. That's fine. I'm okay so I mean, with that. he doesn't he doesn't have any uh, finesse to what he is doing. I don't need finesse. That's I just fair. need in his prime Val Kilmer, I but guess. I maybe didn't love his character because Mad Mardigan is a bad actor. So Val Kilmer is playing a bad actor. Which is the same problem that Alison Brie runs into in Glow, is that that's a very difficult thing to do. And 
I don't love that character. I'm here to see good acting, but the the character is a bad actor. See, I thought he was great. I thought he was the best part of the movie. I thought mm. like the lines he said in the cage were over the top and completely unbelievable, but Willow believed them. Uh, I did not love when he Willow dressed up him. as he a woman. He wasn't the one who let him out of the cage. Yeah, but Willow gave him the baby. Not until after he was out of the cage. Fair, but Willow, Willow allowed wanted... him to be out of the cage. I think Willow he was just... supposed no, to be ridiculous The friend let like him that, out of the though. cage. Willow didn't let him out of the cage. Yes, but they agreed about it. They no, had Willow talked about else. it. Anyway. <laughs> so I came around in Mad Mardigan when I like the Mad fight Martigan. scenes started. Because yeah, that's really? when he was actually skilled. If so we talk about things he... aging really well, I thought the fight scenes aged really really well uh, i thought that cart scene looked really really cool except yes. for i could totally tell times when people like they would swing a sword or a fist and it was 10 feet away from somebody who fell over wow. um but i he's supposed to be this skilled swordsman but he's flipping a sword around in his hands and it flips it up in the air and catches it with a different grip and stuff. And I feel like if you're in the middle of a battle, you would just want to keep your hands on your sword and keep fighting instead well, of doing. I'm sorry. Are you a well. master swordsman? <sighs> and he's also a little bit of a showboat. His name was yeah. weird to me because looking it up, it's all one name. And I thought right. mad Mardigan meant mad. Like he's crazy, right. but his actual name is Mardigan. I thought the same thing. I could not keep track of people in this movie. The bones tell me nothing. Although right. I think one of the scenes that I enjoyed <laughs> was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. One of the scenes I enjoyed was, again, it was a very Lord of the Rings type scene. They're in the woods trying, in the rain, and they find this little village that they're trying to get into, and all the people there are normal-sized people that don't like the... The the where it's like Brie, but racist? Exactly. Yeah. It's Brie, but it's not but then they have the whole thing where he runs into mad mardigan again who is now dressed like a woman and <laughs> it was like I, as soon as they went in there i was like what and he then and then the the husband comes in and he's hiding from the husband by being dressed like a woman and suddenly the husband is all trying to get on with him and i'm like well, do you not notice the the stubbly stuff on his face well and, he had most of his uh -huh. face covered for most of that scene. Also, he might have been really drunk. Also, the guy... They're in a bar. The wife was worried about her husband being jealous about there being a guy in there, but then he comes in and immediately is hitting on another woman while his wife is standing there. <laughs> well, yeah. High fantasy double standards? Uh -huh. Yeah, it's a double standard for sure. I did not love this scene just because... The, the Willow is almost not a part of it. He he busts in with the child, and then the child gets taken away with him because Mad Mardigan needs it to sell the lie to Lug. And it's just you remembered his name. Yeah, with I can do one syllable, three letters. Uh, but I don't know. Willow has uh, wasn't very protective of the baby at this point. He had previously given it to a man he had just seen in a cave. He gets it back through a magic fairy and then immediately loses the child again. To be fair, Willow is kind of small compared to him. Well, Yes, but he could have left through the secret passage he had just entered in. I just what? like that then he I like uses Lug against all the army people and just runs away while this guy fights everyone for him. 
Yes. So I didn't love this scene. I didn't love the beginning of the movie. Where it started to get me back was this chase scene coming up when they Mm -hmm. leave the bar and they get chased on a carriage. So like not the, the brownies. It wasn't no, the brownies that brought no, you back. The, no, the brownies are for children. <laughs> the brownies are... And it's so weird because one of the brownies is what's-his-name, and I'm going to forget it. And <laughs> oh, that like guy. Everything. I... I'll, I'll, that was, uh, again, where, like, the whole... I I, I guess Kevin I should have... Kevin Pollock. I should have known what I was getting into, but I didn't realize it was fantasy. I thought it was going to be animated thing. I didn't know what I was doing when I started <laughs> watching this. But Obviously. You get into that, and then you have all these other races to get into, and then suddenly there's this bird flying by saying, I stole a baby, but it turns out it wasn't a bird. It was a brownie riding the bird. And I was like, what? Why do they have to have multiple races that get smaller and smaller? And so See, I was I, confused, I, and it kind of took that. me out of it for a while but i think like you said once you get to about that scene with the carriage fighting and the escape is when i started getting into the story more so i like that from the respect that a lot of films get this wrong where they think to sell alien races you need to give them prosthetics or change the color of their skin um and that is one way to do it but it's far more overused this was nice in that they changed the scale on which creatures lived in this world i love to see this interpretation because it's harder to pull off well and for that time period i think the the green screen effects worked pretty well too i i think the one thing that bothered me on like effects and stuff because a lot of like even the weird monster thing later didn't bother me even though it's like real obvious that it's a special effect the fairy queen when she was normal size and just glowy and cool looking she looked fine when they blew her up so her face was like the size of the cage (laughs) that was a little disorienting and a little weird i wish they'd kept her just glowy and cool looking instead of being like here's my giant face It was a little weird. I didn't yeah. really understand her because she like talked about the baby and why he needed to protect her, and then she was not involved in the rest of the movie at all. Yeah, couldn't she have helped out what, like at what all? What does she have to do with the brownies then? The brownies she's are like, kind of like her servants. She's like yeah. the protector. So of why the did forest, they steal maybe? the baby then? Well, I wonder if she's kind of because they don't really explain it. But my assumption is she's kind of like a protector of the forest, so she can't leave the forest, and so she has her brownies to do stuff for. Because she sends the brownies to get them to bring them to her. So mm-hmm. I assume she can't really travel beyond her her area. And so she has the brownies to do those errands, which is why once they get past that area, she can give them the wand, but she mm-hmm. can't go with them. So anyway, to answer your initial question, no, I did not like the brownies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because the, a lot of scenes cap or like they begin or they have a cutaway where it's a brownie saying something in this um, modulated high pitched voice like they're a chipmunk. And it's a one or two line thing that's supposed to get a laugh, but it didn't get a laugh from me. I I think it's for children. I do admit that the brownies have always been the part that were always kind of weird to me. They were never my favorite part. They never super bothered me, but they were never the part I was really there I don't think they bothered me. They had, I mean, you could tell that it was just that they were supposed to have the funny little lines and stuff, but... It didn't. I I thought it was a nice way to add humor into the story. If that when there's something intense going on, especially if you're gonna have kids watching it, it's nice to have that little bit of humor especially to relieve the tension on them. 
It's got that thing which a lot of these, which I put it, another reason even, I put it with like the Labyrinth Dark Crystal because I mean these are kind of, I mean a lot of kids watch it. There's some really dark things in this. Mm -hmm. Like the whole thing that the queen is going to do the to the baby is banish her soul. Uh, and all the people who right. die. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a lot oh, of death And in there's this movie. the weird brain thing later with the troll yes. that turns into a weird I was yeah, very upset I don't know what that was. Was that just he, him again attempting magic and getting yes. it wrong? All right. He yes, he well, gets it wrong. Since we're talking about it, give it context. Okay. Well, how does this come about? So later they are they have been told well, it's kind of hard to get into. So they find this just, sorceress. Just, just talk. We'll talk about the, the sorceress uh, later. Anyway, they're supposed to go to this castle. Talk about the enemy. Talk, okay. So Willow is facing a troll, and he tries to use magic to get rid of the troll, and he ends up doing it wrong because he's been having trouble believing in the words of the magic, and so things keep going wrong, and it kind of turns into a giant ball of fuzz. And then the not fuzz. fuzz. No, no. First, it turns into the giant ball of fuzz. I then did not read it as fuzz. No, this seemed wait. like a weird no. mass of pus. Wait, and yeah, it was gross. Carl, weird tentacles. Wait. No, it starts as a giant ball of fuzz, right, and then right. the fuzz melts off into where it's a weird oozing brain thing. Yes. Because what it does is it like condenses down into like the troll fur, and then the fur comes off, and it's a weird pulsing brain. And then yeah. he kicks it off the bridge yeah, into the water. Yeah, my note here, holy shit, Willow, what the <laughs> fuck? What, and, and then when it's in the water, it mutates into a weird, giant, two-headed... Dragon. Uh, dragon Let's call it a monster. dragon. It looks like it's made out of skinned flesh. And I don't... Uh, I guess maybe Lord of the Rings ruined me, but when I think of trolls, I don't think of furry yeah. creature things. It kind of resembled the gremlin from that Twilight Zone episode that was out on the wing of the airplane. I mean, it kind of looks to like me, the trolls from Troll. They were like flying monkeys without wings. Yes. No, it looks like the trolls from Troll. Oh, okay. Well, I, if I had ever seen that. I don't know. Yeah, Troll to me... I maybe it's a Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter interpretation, but like these large oaf like creatures carrying a big what about, club. What about troll dolls? Um well they can uh, grow up yeah. to be uh, that. No. Uh, no. What about the uh, movie Trolls? Uh <laughs> No, trolls, they're small fluffy things. And, yeah. Or they're they, in the second one, no, in the second one, they're goblins, aren't they? Because it's goblins. Yeah, goblins. they're ganillops. And well, they look in like Ernest humans Scared anyway. Stupid, there's the weird troll guy, too. But That's right. They're anyway. Gonna eat me! <laughs> That's a whole different movie. Uh, Most of those are different movies, yes. So let's get back to that that chase scene. They, they leave the bar, they're being pursued by the enemies, and this chase scene is great. It's so they're, cool! They're getting uh, chased by people coming up alongside jumping onto the carriage mad martigan is fighting them but he does not yet have a sword so he has to keep coming up with different ways to do that willow is struggling to get the reins to figure out where the horses are gonna go and like they're going over bumps this is a very exciting the, very the thrilling chase keep breaking yeah it's real cool. Although I feel like if you if if the wheels on your carriage are breaking, your carriage was not built very well because it's not like they were. It was on a road, so it's not like it, they were going a, somewhere that the wheels like are not meant to. It was like a farm carriage. I don't think they're supposed to go at those speeds. I think they're <sighs> supposed to go at a a gentle trot. <laughs> You're probably right. 
and this is where we finally get the team up that they've been teasing where Mad Mardigan will follow the party and lead them to Azrielda or whatever her name is. The Bathmorda? No. Oh, no, you the mean the, the other one with the wand. The yes. good source. Yes. Yes. The yeah. one who so, turned herself into an animal somehow no, and doesn't Finn know how Rizal. to turn back. She didn't turn herself into an animal. She was cursed by the queen. It's Ugh. Finn Rizel. Finn Rizel. Who's Azriel? <laughs> I think you're making that <laughs> See, but it could fit. It, it was Carl's made-up name for that character. <laughs> that one I think you're making up. It. All right. I don't know what kind of... Wh- what was that creature? A flying squirrel? Something? Uh, it's a so possum. I thought no. it was a bush it's, baby. No, Sarah it's an Australian is right. possum. It is a possum. I looked it's that up. It's an Australian possum. Well, their possums are much better than ours. They are. They're marsupials. <laughs> and they look cute and they don't hiss at people and are, aren't scary. But it's an Australian possum. I wrote that down specifically. Uh, I assume uh, because so. an Australian possum, you can pose on people and have look be in scenes with people and it won't try to bite your face off. So the possum, <laughs> like a wants, US possum wants Willow to change her back into her human form so she can be a sorceress again. Right. Oh, but, that's another weird change scene that's so, kind of So Willow tries to do the magic and gets it wrong and turns her into a bird. But I think this is actually better for the party at this point than oh, having yeah. her as yes. a woman. So why, I feel like maybe his magic is wrong in quotes, but it still worked out No, I still think a human would be better. I, well, a human, you have to keep in mind, if he transformed her into a human, she would be back at her full strength and be able to use the wand herself. But I would still say a bird is better than a possum. Right. True. Now, this happens again, Back at that dragon fight where he goes from crow to a goat. And while a crow would not be useful in a battle at all, a goat comes mm-hmm. in handy here. Also, but she gets real mad at him, which is really funny. Willow! <laughs> and was it was that the time when she changed into like five different creatures before? No, she- no that, was the that, was the, that was the very, so the end of this story with this lady turning back into a woman that's during the weird pig scene is yes they're they're in a tent from the at the queen's castle oh. at the end of the movie willow says the spell and this was actually great effects where it slowly changed from one animal into another like maybe four or five different animals was a slow transformation before becoming a woman yeah it's it's a good scene. Yeah, no, it's the scene great. before that is horrifying and nightmare oh, inducing. I thought that was Val Kilmer's best look. It was, was terrifying. When he was and half, I hated it. When he was half pig transformation. I hate it. That I, whole scene is terrifying. It was very convenient when they found that one uh, castle where all the people were destroyed, and there just happened to be a suit of armor hanging on like a trophy case or something. I well, mean, that was, it was a, a castle. That was an armory. <sighs> castles have them but if all the people there had been fighting for their lives wouldn't they have been wearing the armor well i <laughs> would argue perhaps they weren't fighting for their lives when they got cursed because they aren't in a battle formation anywhere they they're just, just kind of hanging out they got surprised yeah. by an evil witch who froze them it's kind of narnia like yeah stone statues except they were kind of like in an iceberg because <laughs> it was like clear glass and they were like eh. <laughs> The audience can't see that. Uh, what was but... that again? <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, well, before we get too far away from 
the white witch of the lake. Here's another example of Willow not taking care of the baby. He knows that the baby needs to meet this this witch or wizard or whatever. He knows that the king's army is following him, and yet he decides to go on ahead alone and leave the baby alone with the brownies because Val Kilmer has wandered off. So it's just like, why would you not take the baby with you to a wizard that you trust? There was a lot of bones on that island, though. Maybe. I mean, (laughs) so this, this doesn't come to fruition at all. Willow gets back with the possum, no problem. But things could have gone wrong. Babies get into trouble. I mean, I think it was just everything had kind of been going on, and they—that's where the the sorceress was supposed to be, but they didn't actually know if she was there. So they were having someone scope it out first. To be fair, it'd be better if Valkymer just stayed there. Yeah, agreed. So uh, one thing I really wanted to happen, but it didn't come to fruition either. The only thing we've heard about this island is from the brownies themselves, and the brownies are very small. So I really wanted this island to turn out to be just like a puddle with like a little leaf in the middle of it or something, which on the scale of a brownie is certainly an island. (laughs) It was a pretty small island. That would be very... um... Was it? It was ants, wasn't it? Where they yeah. had where they had paradise to go to, and it was just like a trash can or something. We, we're not talking we about ants. <laughs> that so, movie is not ever getting brought up again. So after after this scene is when they got captured, right? Yes. So here brings up something that they didn't follow through on that I kind of was hoping they would. So Mad Mardigan, we find him in the cage when we first met him. But he talks about how he's the greatest swordsman and he has all these stories to tell and all the people from the guardsmen or whoever that went by knew him. I was expecting, and maybe again, Lord of the Rings ruined me, that he was like the long lost king or prince or whatever of the land and was going to come back and claim his... And he maybe he didn't know it, but at the end of the story, somehow he would figure it out and become... Like the ruler, but, that would conflict but with, at this point Alona when they get Dare captured, his shirt is off, which mm-hmm. I'm sure Sarah enjoyed. But well, it was I still half a dress, so it's real weird. So what I remember at this point was he had a little symbol on his upper arm, also. Oh, and I was thinking that perhaps he was actually Alora's father, and that's why she Whoa. took to him so well. When every time he held her, she would stop crying and just kind of look at him and smile. I figured there must have been something there that they never elaborated on. Interesting. So so I had not noticed either of these things. Uh, I would say that the, the father thing or like that symbol coming to fruition um, is more believable than like him being a long lost king. Because I think uh, that would conflict with her prophecy. Right. Well, not necessarily, because if she is her, his daughter, then when he dies, she would be the ruler. So <laughs> it makes sense. All right. <laughs> Well, okay. you can write your thirty-chapter fan fiction, and there I'll you read go. it. Okay? Uh, Just write, I don't. I don't do. You that can stuff. join the forums on Willow. <laughs> Draw some fan art. Right. So it occurred to me that when they get captured here, this army has the baby, and they're going to eventually get back to the castle. It's actually good luck for them that they get captured, because then they're at least very close to the baby. It's much worse for them if they get left behind with, say, 
to guards while the army leaves, and then they have no idea where the baby is. True. Or the guards so, could have just oh. killed them and kept the baby since that was all they wanted That's in the first place. That's true. My, why keep my, them alive? My question was, why did they bother kidnapping the possum? Do they know at that point? Was she talking? No, I think they just uh, they just captured Mad Mardigan or Willow who had the possum on them. No, they grab her by the tail. Do they? They specifically pick up the possum separately. Did the possum talk? That's my them. thing is I don't think she was talking at that point that they would have heard her. So why did they get the possum except for that to be they need her to be with them later? Right. <laughs> that well, yeah. There's a bit of a flaw there. Yeah, this is this is one of those things where well, it has to happen cuz she needs to be in the scene later. Mhm. But why did they kidnap a possum? It would have been uh, it would have been much better. They wouldn't need to do that if Willow had just done his first spell here instead of in the cage and turned her into a bird, because then she could just follow them. Yeah. Um, I did write that weird things happen to Val Kilmer in this movie, because I think fairly soon after this, with when he gets hit in the face with the weird love With the dust. love potion? Love potion number yeah. nine? Oh, jeez. Which leads to the most awkward. Why? I, why are the brownies just carrying around a bag full of that stuff? I don't know. I think know. it's because they're kind of pervy idiots. That could be it. That is probably it. Because <laughs> they try to use it on people in the bar earlier, but they fall over, or they argue over it, and they get hit with it, and they fall in love with a cat. That yeah. Was- which is- I don't know why they have it, but this does lead to a very awkward scene where Mad Mardigan is breaking into the Queen's daughter's <laughs> tent uh, to get the baby, but completely also drugged did- up, and he sees a very pretty woman alone in a bed and just can't help himself. And just does real bad poetry. Just terrible, terrible poetry. But she is so into it. Like- to be fair, she this is like the Rapunzel thing. Where, like, for a moment she's like, no one said nice things to me ever, and this is a nice thing. I'm a little distracted by it, because, I mean, she, it's earlier she's she's just had her mother be like, you have to do these things and don't disappoint me or you're the worst daughter uh-huh. ever. And she's like, this man is saying some nice things to me. That's never happened before. <laughs> she's like, and then, then she kind of, the, the other guard walks and she's like, all right, this is a terrible person. What am I doing? Right. But I, I think it's more of that thing is that, She's just kind of distracted. Oh, this nice man is saying nice things to me and no one says nice things to me. All right. Well, that does. It opens the door for her story later on where they actually do fall in love. And and it is a rush story, but they do. It's it's hard. They have a lot of plot for the fact that this is one movie mm-hmm. and they're trying to do this. But they do have hinted at stuff on, on how unhappy she is on all the pressure put on her. And the one advisor does mention early that she is going to betray her mother, that it's been prophesied that she will betray her mother. Yeah, and that's... So they tried? That's the type of prophecy that I don't love, because it goes against her character. She is is this badass warrior general of this evil side, and one guy who doesn't go for any side. He's not even fighting on the side of good. He just says a nice thing. He's like... Oh, yeah, I'll switch sides. I don't think she's doing it because she's evil. I think she's doing it because she wants her mother's approval. And she's like, well, someone's nice to me. Maybe I don't need. And so it is rushed. They could have done it better. But I think it's more of, well, maybe I don't have to do bad things now. 
Well, and because right. I don't think she's ever really evil from her like, side of it. If she's been if she's been brought up in that family in that empire or whatever her whole life, that's all she would know. Maybe she thinks her side is the good side until she learns otherwise later. Uh, well, maybe she does murder an awful lot of people, and she good people don't necessarily face. do that. But, but who's to say? But this leads... she does kick, kick Val Kilmer in the face, which is really funny. <laughs> What are you it's looking like, at? I don't I don't like her. She kicked me in the face. <laughs> but this does lead to my favorite chase scene of the movie, where Willow and Mad Mardigan with the baby get a shield and they sled down a mountain. Uh, at one point, Mad Mardigan falls off and he starts tumbling and he turns oh, into a snow. giant snowball. Which was probably the fakest thing in the... Well, I mean, oh, well, but it's sure, great. But it's but, still great. I loved... Like, the chase scenes in this were fantastic. I think Warwick Davis' face in this scene is great, because by the end, he's hiding in the house, and Val Kilmer just runs into the house, and he comes out and just looks so fed up with everything that's going on. He's, like, just having to deal with Val Kilmer spouting poetry, and having lost the baby, like, three times, and he's just like, I'm done. I'm done. This baby needs to be changed. <laughs> And he just does this really sarcastic line about, like, parroting back the poetry to Val Kilmer that I think is really funny. The thing that I didn't get in this scene, after they come down the mountain, they slide into this house, the guards have followed them, and they come and decide to spread out. Why would you not follow the clearly labeled trail that a sled creates to where the good guys are? Like, they they have a line all the way down the mountain to where they've ended up. Because this is a Lucas film, and so they come from the Stormtrooper school of strategy. Which At is, least they don't do, have guns. <laughs> which That's is, true. They have no, arrows. They, if they had guns, they would probably have less aim. <laughs> no one would die. <laughs> oh, well. Um, oh, so they do have, and this is where they finally get to the castle and the terrifying troll thing happens, right? Right, right, right. They meet up with Bearded Exposition, who explains all of Mad Mardigan's <laughs> past. <laughs> Um, and then... Leif Erikson. Does that guy sure. have a name? Yes. Leif um, Erikson. No, he's... Yes, pretty close. Eirik? <laughs> Eirik, is that his name? Yes. <sighs> Leif Erikson. He looks like a Viking. Yeah. Uh, he's got shiny see. gold hair. Before they get to the castle, they're on horses. Uh, Sorsha escapes. Oh, it's then they get to the castle. keeps, like, t- tackling her down a hill. Yes. You know, little love tackles. Mm-hmm. Well, at this point, he doesn't like her anymore. She kicked him in the face. And so she's, he's just well, this like... Is, yeah, they're on the horse together, and she starts quoting the poetry back to him, and he says, oh, well, it went away. God, and, really she's, say that. <laughs> and yet she's still into it. Mm. So, you. Was- so they get to the castle. They find that all of the inhabit- inhabited... Inhabited... All the people inside the castle. <laughs> Some word. I can't do it. They're anyway. in plexiglass. Yes, they're they're encased in stone or what have you. Carbon. It was clear. Um, it was like yeah. And this is where Mad Mardigan loses his shit because Willow has promised him an army. An army is supposed to be here to defeat the queen. There is no one. Well, they're there. They're just been put in paperweights and then they decide to home alone up this castle which was great because this battle scene is fantastic i think mad mardigan did it himself that's true willow is just kind of running around and dealing with trolls turning them into dragons oh that is 
Again, that is some horrifying, horrifying stuff. Yeah, this is where also he turns um, the good fairy, uh, good wizard into a goat. She's a sorceress. Sorceress into a goat. Uh, And this keeps happening because while Willow is reciting the words, he loses focus. I swear Willow has ADD. Well, people keep showing up. He has nothing else to do in this scene. But the army shows up as he's in the middle of it. And then Val Kilmer goes down and goes, what happened to you? And the goat's just not happy. <laughs> I, and this is um, another one of those things that, that I've seen it uh, before in other movies where you have one guy against an army. He turns around and starts yelling at them with his sword. They all get scared and run away. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm bad. They don't want me. And then he turns around and sees a giant monster behind him. Yeah, but they they took it a step further here with that trope, yes. where he he runs from the dragon and goes along with the enemy soldiers, and they realize it's oh no, I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> I, this scene also has um, another fight thing that I think is really funny, which involves Val Kilmer. A troll yells at him. He yells at the troll, and then karate kicks a troll <laughs> off a bridge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that does happen. You're right. <laughs> it's great. Uh, is you it probably though? don't like it, but I think it is great. Uh, this I is, want a karate kick. This is also where Sorsha decides not to fight at all against either the dragon or the traps or Mad Mardigan and just watches Mad Mardigan as he runs around the castle killing her troops. And when she finally catches up with him, Plants a kiss right on his lips. She is. I think I. She is down. She is into this. But where this scene ends, after all the fighting is done, they've dealt with the dragon, Sorsha and Mad Mardigan. Not a dragon. What? They have an actual. I I know, but to describe it to our listeners, it's a dragon. It's a double-headed dragon. How can it have a name if Willow created it out of a troll? Like I feel like it shouldn't have a known name to the people of the land. Eborsisk? Yeah. E-O-R-S-I-S-K. Listeners, just think of a Borsix. You know what one of those is, right? Not a double-headed dragon. That's by far the better word. Well, and you can also tell that ILM was involved because it, it it's not like a spot-on representation of star wars creatures but it's definitely a claymation creature that you that oh no it but it definitely looks like it belongs in the star wars yes. universe like oh, it could yeah. be on some weird Absolutely. planet this could be the sarlacc mm, anywho not quite yeah well <laughs> that's what's hiding under the sand ah. yeah not that weird beak that we see in later cuts <sighs> of the film anyway uh, so where this scene ends after all the fighting is that Willow has once again lost this child. Uh, oh, we didn't even mention General Skeletor. <laughs> yeah. That's what I called it, too. I even know earlier that just says Skeletor is here. Yep. <laughs> so anyway, Skeletor's in this film. Uh, and he shows up. He's another one of the uh, the Queen's generals. He shows up during this fight, and he manages to leave with the baby. So at this point, the queen has the baby. And for the most of the rest of the film, the queen has the baby. This queen has the baby for hours, if not days. This ritual and takes it a very cannot long time, manage apparently. to kill it. Well, apparently this ritual just is, like, very, very 
tiny. Well, that that was the thing. If you could just kill the baby and be rid of it, that I guess that I don't know why that didn't stop the prophecy. But they had some whole ritual they had to go through. I don't know if the baby this. could be reborn or something because right. she had to banish the soul. So maybe this is true, but I have to imagine you can do some pre-work leading up to when the baby gets there. You can prepare this. Maybe the moon had to be the right angle. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. They sure didn't specify. <laughs> maybe that. maybe the hair potion she made had to stew for a good twenty four hours. Yeah, I don't know how then baby banishing potions work. Then they're lucky they got it this night and didn't have to wait a month until the next lunar cycle. I don't know how you make ba- baby banishing. You don't potions. know how you make That's- babies. <laughs> <laughs> That one I know. I don't know how to banish their souls. I haven't That's done fair. that. Yet. Do you? Yet. What Willow does, apparently. Yeah. So, uh, anyway. Uh, so, Willow meets up with um, Bearded Exposition's army, uh, <laughs> and they go to storm the castle one last time. Just call him Leif Erikson. No. Because <laughs> um, I keep thinking you're talking about the sorcerer from earlier, because he had a much better beard. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Irik has a much better beard. It's not longer, but it is fuller. He's just a glowing Viking man. Yes. Anyway, uh, so they're stationed outside of the castle um, trying to plan this siege warfare. And the queen comes out to taunt them. And apparently they don't shoot arrows at her, which would be the first thing I would think of. And she turns them all to pigs. Which I think this transformation scene, second to the troll blob brain, mm-hmm. real uncomfortable, real unsettling. I don't like it. See, I didn't love Val Kilmer's look because I just kept thinking Aragon, and it's a slightly worse v- version of Aragon. Or is it See, Aragorn? But he had I don't like- remember. It's Aragorn. Yeah. Aragorn, if you're Aragorn. talking Lord of the Rings, yes. yes. Strider. Strider. Strider, yes. Uh, where. See, I thought he had. Legolas hair. Okay. Mm, it was too ratty to be Legolas hair, though. But he's got the braids. Yes. Uh, and so when but this we, happened see, before Aragorn, we see Val so. Kilmer half in transformation as he's changing into a pig, and I thought, yeah, that's probably his best look right there. <laughs> but I mean, this came out in 88. You can't blame him for looking too much like Aragorn when this came out decades before that movie. That's fair, but the book I, was I'm already just saying out. with yeah, my frame of reference. Yeah, but they didn't have that reference. specific visual for Aragorn at that point. Right. That's fair. Did Tolkien do drawings? Maybe. I mean, there, I, there were drawings, but I don't know who did them. But I don't know what they looked like for at that point. Nobody does. Well... Um, but I would like to say that later in this fight, there is something that I think is, I could say, gets ripped off in Lord of the Rings, which I think is really funny. If any of you got it as well in that final fight. Well, we, um, we aren't quite there. Let's finish up with yeah. the pigs. Let's wait, resolve wait, wait, wait. that. Because there was another thing that also got ripped off from Lord of the Rings that I don't think had anything to do with that fight. But... Not from Lord of... I would say Lord of the Rings ripped off something from this movie in that final scene. Maybe. But we'll get to that. Was it something that the sorceress said? It's not something they said, it's something they did. Oh, well, I heard something also. So, anyway. Anyway. (laughs) So, this pigs thing basically does nothing uh, because Willow has cast a protection spell that he just learned on himself. Apparently, this is a spell he can do quite well, even though he hasn't mastered animal transformation just yet. Um, Protection might be easier. 
mm, against a queen, against a master sorceress. She is doing it over a large amount of people, though. Maybe. But it occurred to me with Willow and these pigs, just like, wow, it's a good thing Willow is a farmer. He knows exactly what to do with these animals. Uh, anyway, he switches. He disappears them in a magic trick. <laughs> yeah, we will get to that. Uh, anyway, he um, he brings the white uh, sorceress back, the white sorceress, the good sorceress back, uh, and then they just change all the pigs back, and it's not a problem. Uneventful. Yeah, cause, well, because you don't really want that many pigs hanging out on set for too long. That is fair. But why don't we get into their master plan of how to break into this unseizable castle? Oh, obviously, because when I'm a farmer, I have all kinds of gophers. <laughs> That's literally all we are given. Yep. <laughs> that he knows of gophers, therefore, I know how to do this. And then they go into the classic film trope where they just, they get very close and they whisper to each other so that we can't hear their plan. I like that plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, explain what the plan is, Sarah. It's... No, no, no. The actual plan we <laughs> see on screen. <laughs> They get in the castle. <laughs> How? How do they do it? Magic. All and right. Gophers. Apparently, during the night, they had dug a bunch of holes. Uh, and then they got in them and managed to cover them with tarps. So that in the morning, all the guards see, because apparently the guards don't watch overnight at all, is Willow and the sorceress, and they start taunting the guards. So the guards decide, aha, we're going to send an army after them and kill these two people, unbeknownst to them. Soon as the horses get outside, the rest of the army comes out of these very convenient holes and storm the castle through the open gate. So, yeah, it's I the was Trojan confused gopher. how that would work too, because I was like, wouldn't they have been watching and seen you hide all these army yeah, people in the there's field directly a lot of in front of the work that goes into this. They turned off the light. They now, turned off the lights of the sun. Yeah, like Dumbledore. I would think though, if they're gophers, they would have dug a whole tunnel instead of just yeah. walking up to the castle and digging a hole in front of it. So they might have come it from somewhere the else. Trojan gopher. Don't overthink <laughs> it. But bringing a bunch of horses through tunnels from miles away seems difficult, especially to come up to a hole right underneath a tarp thing somehow. <laughs> what I was expecting with just this preamble that I know about gophers was Willow, the smallest member of their team, would find a hole that would lead under the wall of the castle and then find his way up through, I don't know, bravery to where the gate is being manned and open the gate for the army. I just figured they no, would no. tunnel everybody inside the castle instead of in front of the gate that they still have to fight through. Yeah, yeah. Well, regardless, this fight scene is actually pretty good. Uh, <laughs> That's you all have... Carl cares about in this movie is the fight scenes. <laughs> well, no, it was it was a highlight of the film uh, after this, I don't know, this weird trickery that got them in. Trojan gopher, don't overthink They didn't build a wooden gopher. <laughs> They are the gopher. They believed in themselves. Uh, so anyway, uh, Willow and the good sorceress get to the tower where the baby is in bondage and this thing has been going on for hours and is not yet done. Uh, and meanwhile, the rest of the army fights the bad army. What notes do you guys have on this? 
fighting and more fighting. Good. Well, so I, it, uh, what did you call him? Bearded, Bearded exposition? exposition. How he dies oh, by okay. his own his, knife. Yeah. His death scene is probably the worst acted thing in the movie. <laughs> but it was like, that was the first, because like you've seen earlier, like they are shooting arrows, there are some sword fighting, whatever, but nobody had actually died that I know of. They just fought them off from the carriage and ran away and all this. This is when you start seeing people actually get impaled by swords and daggers and fall over dying but there still isn't any blood or anything it's just people get stabbed and fall over and they're dead so <laughs> but that well, guy i mean he was supposed to be like the big hero guy and he was the one of the first big deaths i guess right he's got he's got the boromir death he yeah. dies so that somebody else has incentive to kill Rufio. but he kind of does Rufio. that thing where he just kind of <laughs> stagger dies yes where he's just like eh. Uh, oh, oh, whoa, oh. And it was just really jerky and weird, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but Val Kilmer gets a really cool scene where he kills a soldier, where he like flips up the sword and pulls the guy down. Yeah, which is real cool looking. Yeah, no, the fight scenes no, are really well done in this that's movie. Great. Um, except the fight then the sorceresses fight. No. They do the Gandalf Sauron Exactly. Fight. That's what I was yes. going to say. It's yes. just, okay. and then she even spins around the other yeah, sorcerer Yeah, where they just the fling air. people around the room with magic. That's the thing I was saying that they stole from, yeah. that Lord of the Rings stole from them, where they just are flinging people around the room. Except well, Lord then, of the Rings then they steal even... the good part of this fight scene, which is when they like, they had the Song of Ice and Fire with their casting, <laughs> or they like, they enchanted this weird kettle that attacks Willow. <laughs> but then... Okay, their fighting ends not with magic, but with the evil sorceress choking the other one who somehow survives that, I guess. I don't know how that happened, but... Because uh, sorceresses have plus two defense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she critted on her saving throw. Uh. <laughs> it's like... She she went into like her mind temple and just became a different color. So what I was I expecting know. at one point, you mentioned the cauldron thing that came to life. Yes. Willow knocks it over, shoves it out a window, and then you immediately cut back to a scene of Mad Mardigan fighting Skeletor. I was expecting the cauldron thing to fall down on the guy's head or something, and that would be how he died or got taken out of the fight. Yeah, that would have been real good. But then he'd have to take care of the cauldron. That's true. <laughs> I think the cauldron takes care of itself as soon as the queen is done with. Anywho. I do like how the queen throughout the scene is looking raggedy. And yeah. like she is getting kind of, she almost ages throughout the scene, like mm -hmm. getting more desperate through the scene. Right. I took that as she is using an immense amount of her power yeah. or magical energy and She's is losing what she keeps to stay alive. It kind yeah. of reminded me like, uh, well, actually, I had forgotten what her spell was supposed to be doing because I Banishing assumed the soul of an infant. Right. But I assumed it was more hocus pocus where she was stealing a life force so that she could live uh. forever because now she's looking so old and deathly that maybe she needed this child life force to live longer. But but now she's banishing yeah. it. To, I guess the abyss. Yeah, something like that. Which, which I, was why I was thinking if they just normal killed the baby, that the b baby would somehow reincarnate or something because you have to banish the soul. So or you just have a baby back. ghost. Baby ghost. 
Baby ghost can still be queen. <laughs> uh, Baby ghost still per- can do the prophecy. There you go. Uh, though, uh, one prophecy. thing we didn't mention, uh, when they got the wand from the weird fairy lady, she mentions that the baby has been talking to her as if the baby has the no, mind thought, of a full-grown adult trapped inside an infant's was, body. Oh, yeah, the baby was talking to the fairy. Yes, which is a bit horrifying. Well, was she, it was kind of just like she, the baby wanted Willow to be her guardian, so I guess it could kind of just be emotions. Kind Maybe. of just like, I that's trust That's much better person. than what I was imagining, where this baby knows everything that's going on. And it's just trapped inside the shell of an infant. Yeah, I assumed it more was just like this, This, I mean, some sort of special magic baby abilities, but it was more just like, I feel this person is special and is trustworthy, and I project that feeling to you because you're a magical fairy forest creature. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not a magic scientist. <laughs> what kind of scientist are you? Not one. Oh, that that explains everything. <laughs> oh, we also get a conclusion in this scene at something that was alluded to very early on. Because before Willow leaves his town, the uh, the wizard of his land gives him a couple of acorns for the battle, explaining simply that if you throw it at something, it'll turn it to stone. We see it once in the dragon fight where he misses and he turns a plank to stone, which is useless. And this one, he actually hits the queen, but she just deals with it. Uh, she just crushes it in her hand. I don't know if he hit her. I think she No, it does, because her hand starts turning to stone, and she reverses it because she's more powerful than some kind of... Yeah. yeah, but she did one of these things and caught it out of the air, which was like yeah. two feet away from her. So That's true. But her, so. but her hand does start to turn to stone and then reverses. Right. Yes. So it's just you, like there's that moment where you think it's gonna work, and then she's like, "Haha, did you think that was gonna work? You pitiful." So just pet like, or what the... good were these acorns at all? I don't know. It was the the village elder thinking he was gonna give something to protect him. I don't know. He probably thought he was gonna use it against a wolf or something. <laughs> maybe it proves or a troll. Maybe it proves it might have worked on a that troll. Willow was not believing it. in the magic early on, and that's why the wand didn't work. But now he has seen the magic acorns turn things he, to stone, and he starts he to believe. He should in it. have used it against the troll instead of trying to use magic. And then we would have had a nice centerpiece for the castle, and we wouldn't have had the crazy, weird flesh dragon. All right. But then the a, army they would have wiped survived them out. that battle. Then and B, he did try to use it against the troll. That's he how it hit better aim. <laughs> That's how Willow it hit the plank have... on that whatever that uh, the bridge of wood. Willow wood should have bridge. been practicing with stones or something yeah. before they got there. You're not wrong. He he needed some baseball practice. So the only thing I could think of what they were thinking in the script here is that Willow has used his last trick. He is out of magic. He has to rely on his previous skills and his belief in himself to survive this battle. Maybe that's what they were going for. Baby. Yes, because he solves the solution by doing an old trick that we've seen earlier in the film where he brings out a bundle saying it's a baby and tells the witch, I'm going to banish this to a world where you can't reach it. Ooh, I'm magic. Uh, And the queen is getting more agitated, coming closer and closer. Willow does his trick and there's no baby to be found. The queen is furious. And then she gets hit by lightning. 
I don't really know what happens here. I well, she knocked over the bowls with the potion, and I don't know why there was a storm going because I don't think there was a storm outside during the battle, if I remember. But suddenly there was lightning, and oh. I, so I think oh. maybe she got banished to the abyss instead of the baby because she knocked over all the potion and she was standing in it when the lightning. Mark hit is her. correct. Okay, according to Wikipedia. She accidentally triggers the final part of the ritual, banishing her own soul. All right. The fact that we had to turn to Wikipedia. Hey, Mark got it before I looked at it. I understand, but it wasn't it wasn't immediately obvious in the film. Apparently it was, because I... <laughs> it wasn't immediately obvious to me in the film. Well, a lot it... of things aren't immediately obvious Great. to you, Carl. Great, Ooh. thanks. Because um, <laughs> it Burn. did seem like... It's building up to this thing. Willow finally does this trick. How is Willow going to save the day? Oh, he isn't. The queen has doomed herself. I like that. I like when villains it's are because doomed by their the own Because then the hero arrogance. is still the hero. They don't have to kill someone or do something evil, it resort to something if they little, are still innocent. Farmer boy. His pure little farmer boy. Uh, with his I, magic tricks. I did not feel like it was a satisfying climax to me to what they had been building up to. That's all I'm saying. That's what she... Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. And of course, you're the one that would say Sarah that. Sarah from downtown. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You know, I thought... Uh, my immediate response was, well, that's getting cutting out. But it's not. That is staying nope, in nope. forever. <laughs> You have to no. live in this truth. My relatives listen to this. <laughs> That's your own fault. No. All right. But it was just so easy. I know. It was real mm. low-hanging fruit. Anyway, let's finish this Ugh. movie off. Um, and we get to the resolution. The queen is gone. It's a denouement. Uh, apparently, Mad Mardigan and Sorsha are going to live together now and adopt this child. Was the queen a queen separate from being a sorceress? So does that mean that Sorsha is now the queen? I think so. And that means Mad Mardigan is now get... the king? <laughs> yes, correct. Like Mark said earlier that you both complained about. No, Mark, you said that he was a secret king. Yeah, That he was true. somehow a birthright was... that he didn't know about. He was a sneak king. <laughs> yes. Um, But... I mean, the whole thing is they were trying to get Alora to a, a king and queen to raise her egg. Right. So I guess in the end, that's what they got. If if she does take over her mother's kingdom and try to fix it to be less evil. Yeah. Now, another thing that wasn't clear to me that I just read in the Wikipedia article. Um, what castle would you guess that they're at? A My castle. guess was the queen's castle. You know, the one where the queen just died. Mm-hmm. Apparently not. They're, they are in a, a the, restored the castle. One. The one with all the stone people. They just yeah, went back there, a, and that's where they're going to live. It was a different color. Okay. Wasn't it? It, it was, but like all we see is the outside. They don't explain why like they're restoring red. this when they have a perfectly good castle over there. That one's probably infused with evil, and they just need to burn the thing to the ground. Well, Build it on the swamp. it's stone. It's going to be real hard to burn. No, it fell in the swamp. That one burned to the ground, fell over, sang in the swamp. Fine. That's also a different movie. Another disappointing thing for me here was Willow just leaves. 
having making no plans to come back and see this baby he's been caring for all this time. He has his own children. He needs. I'm to aware. Back. His but mission he was to bring it outside child. of his lands, though the the mission was not to take care of it for the rest of its life. I understand, but something I like in resolutions of film of this type is that throughout their journey they have bonded and they will decide to remain bonded through the end of time it's it the mission becomes bigger than just what they're given initially whereas willow it's no it's just i delivered a child goodbye well i mean they don't really talk during that exposition i know but i wanted just like some indication that Willow's going to see this baby again. That he's going to be the uncle to this child. Something. I didn't need that. And what does Willow get for all of his trouble saving a kingdom as well as the, the future queen's life? He gets a book. Just one singular book. I don't think he really wanted anything else. He wants to go back to his family. I Yeah, but he was struggling to buy seeds in the beginning of the movie. Like a little bit of money would be great. I'm sure if he had asked for it, he would have gotten it, but I don't think he wanted it. He wanted to go back home, and I think there's the implication that he's going to probably get to be... I don't know if he'd be then the apprentice of the sorcerer, but he's going to be involved with the sorcerer. Sure. I can Because he does that. turn an apple into a bird yeah. once he gets back home. Oh, you yep. mean he performs the useless spell that his master did earlier? <laughs> yep. Oh, <laughs> uh, because the master... He gets to be... I'm going to explain to our audience. The master throws an apple up into the air. It turns into a bird, and he says, follow the bird. It'll tell you where to go. And it heads back to town. And it's just like, oh, ignore the bird. Have a the good journey. No, it's ignore the bird, follow the river <laughs> is the line. Because okay. I wrote that one down because I thought it was really funny. Because that's why I really like the the wizard, because he has some real good lines. That one and the, the bones tell me nothing. <laughs> yes, this man is useless. Anyway. I must... Well, because he's not really useless, because the whole thing with the, the bones tell me nothing is he does the whole thing with the bones so he can ask Willow what he wants. And he uh. still leads the people. I, I don't. He's the sorcerer. Is he like also the leader of the tribe or something? I, because I don't think he's the leader. He kind I think of he's controls just like them. A, he tells them who to go on the mission. I think he's respected think he's an, more than he yes, has power. Yes. I think he's an esteemed elder that they go to for advice as opposed to being like the mayor or whatever. Right. So... This film does end in a very nice scene that I really liked where Willow gets his hero's welcome. They he go back, back to the to Ewok village and have a party. And he gets to hug his wife yeah. and it's really cute. Yeah. That that ending mm. I enjoyed. Even though I had problems with the previous two kind of scene endings leading up to this. You're all wrong. I I so to Sarah's point, I like Warwick Davis. But his repeatedly yelling someone's name over and over, his voice got a little annoying at the end. <laughs> he doesn't like me. I love Kaya. Him. Kaya. Yes. Kaya. Yes. Kaya. Kaya. Hey, Kaya. I will hear. I will hear no bad things about Warwick Davis. He's a very nice man. I just don't think he can act. He's a legend. No, you're wrong. He's the best. And you're all wrong. Well, I'm right. How much had he I've, done before this? Because I, I, I kind Star of agree Wars. in this movie, he didn't have the best acting, but I have seen other things that he's in and I have enjoyed those. So um, he had done a bunch of Star Wars stuff. Well, yeah. yeah, he was also, well, not up to this point, but he has gone on to be in the Harry Potter series. Yes. 
Well, and all of the Leprechaun movies right. and uh, a, a ton of stuff. Yeah. He w- I mean, uh, he's basically, since yeah. then, um, he has his own, I don't know what it's called, but kind of, I don't know if it's a management company or whatever mm. that um, helps find acting jobs for people with um, dwarfism and stuff like that. And so, and, and he's done stuff with um, Ricky Gervais and stuff like oh, that. Oh, neat. Yep. Yeah. All right. Before we go on to games, I just had one final note that I found in my research. Uh, so Val Kilmer and the woman who played Sorsha met on this film and eventually became married. They were married for a good long time. So they, they had two kids. Yes. Um, so like the love that you see between them on screen isn't quite acting because they did go on and have a very significant relationship for both of them. When does Val Kilmer get his renaissance? We got we got the Michael Keaton Batman Renaissance, yeah. so it's it's the Val Kilmer time. Okay, uh, I don't know if he can do serious as well as Michael Keaton can. No, I a lot of people like reading backstage stuff. A lot of people say he's really meticulous in his acting and studying and stuff like that, and people really love working with him. So I think it's time for the Val Kilmer Renaissance. Well, we'll have to get him into the Psych movie. <laughs> When's Psych movie number two? I don't I want, know. I want to. I want like a hundred of them. <laughs> All right. On that note, let's go on to games. Our first game is the pitch game, where we take one, two, three, or more properties, shove them together in the form it's this meets this to describe this film. So I'm going to start us off here. Uh, So since this is a film featuring an evil lady magic user dressed all in black who really has it in for a baby, a woman transforming into animals, and fairies granting gifts meets a movie with good and bad witches trying to guide the fate of a young girl who starts her journey home in a town of little people. This is Sleeping Beauty meets The Wizard of Oz. Taking it to Mark. What do you got? Okay, um, <clears throat> so we actually never covered the part that I heard that was an audio cue that I heard from Lord of the Rings. At one point, they're running away during one of their escape scenes, and this is when the good sorcerer is a bird, and I'm sh- I swear she went by and said, Fly, you fools! Ah! So, I have that. There's also the wizard battle and a small person protecting a precious item from the forces of evil. Long, treacherous journey with a group of companions. And that is paired with the young man who is constantly told he is not good enough, made fun of by those in his village. He labors to provide for others, but finally gets his chance for an adventure that he didn't want. He meets sorcerers who turn into animals and ends up a hero. So this is Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring meets the Sword in the Stone. Hmm. All right, Sarah? Because it is a man of small stature going on adventures meets... A questionable ruler out to murder a whole lot of babies. <laughs> this is The Hobbit meets Prince of Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I have both of those. So, wrap it around to me. Um, a race smaller than the rest, delivering precious cargo, protected by a long-haired swordsman who becomes king, and occasionally hiding in bushes from horsemen dressed in black, meets... 
A young child being pursued by evildoers, surviving only through many Mr. Magoo-esque happenstances. This is Lord of the Rings meets Baby's Day Out. Mm-hmm. I hate Baby's Day Out. <laughs> no, it's a bad movie. <laughs> it's a terrible movie. Okay. Uh, well, this is fantasy land, but I'm going to start with this anyway. An Englishman's quest to save his people takes him on a trip through forests over and over mountains. He battles many foes, including enchanted animals and sorcerers, and gets heckled by wise crack- <laughs> wisecrackers with outrageous accents. Uh, meets a tale involving giants and little people where the titular character takes a long trip and finds himself tied up by a race of tiny people only to eventually win their trust. So it is Monty Python and the Holy Grail meets Gulliver's Travels. Ah, Gulliver's Travels was on my list and I did not use it. Yeah, I had one on my list that I didn't use that you both said, so... Ah. (laughs) Okay, so because this is a evil queen in a cowl that wants to destroy a younger female, and because this is a fantasy story involving humans getting turned into animals, an evil mother, and some kind of weird comic relief side characters, this is Snow White means the Tenth Kingdom. Ooh. And just so you know, if I could force you guys to watch a six-hour oh. movie, we would be watching the Tenth Kingdom. Six hours? It was a mini series. Who has this time? I do. It's great. Oh. All right. Uh, my last one. A movie starring Val Kilmer featuring a baby floating down a river who, with the help from friends, goes on to sway the balance of power in the land meets a property featuring evil spellcasters transforming animals and an evil general with a skull for a face. It's Prince of Egypt meets He-Man. Oh, I really thought with your first one you were going to go to Batman, but I guess the one with the baby floating down the river was with Michael Keaton, so that didn't work. (laughs) Did that happen Um, in Batman? Yeah, no, in Batman Returns with the Penguin. Uh, I really need to rewatch those. um, Do you? Are they on our list? They should be. I mean, at least the first two. Beyond that, I don't need to. All right, so let's go on to our second game, which is alternate tagline, a word or phrase you would see on the poster for the film describing the theme, though hopefully missing the point. So I'm going to start us off again. So as discussed with you guys, it was hard for me to figure out what the theme was for this movie to actually make fun of it. Uh, And so my first one is, oh, wait, we should do the actual ones. Shoot. Did it have any? It did. Most movies do. All right, I got it here. Uh, So, actual taglines for the film are, Adventure doesn't come any bigger than this, uh, which I very much wanted to avoid making fun of the just the height of Warwick Davis. Um, Let's see. Also, it's just bad pop. Yeah, Willow, forget (laughs) all you know or think you know. It's a line from the film. Uh, and then Willow, beyond good, beyond evil, beyond your wildest imagination. Yeah, I remember I looked at those before and was not too thrilled with them. Anyway, so my first one, I found a theme that I thought fit the movie well. It's kind of the through line of the film. So I just went with that and it's not funny, but it works. Um, so it's Willow. It's not what you'd expect, but exactly what you need. <laughs> I so now that I'm reading through these again, I think they're more like subtitles than taglines, but too late now. That 
kind of. And I'm going to go with this one like. first because Carl's going to hate on me for it. So I'm going to get it out of the way. Sarah makes the buzzer noise. <clears throat> Do I have to make the buzzer well, noise? Well, we'll see. Is that what we're doing? Willow, journey through the land where heroes are in short supply. <laughs> <laughs> My first one is just good advice. Willow. Don't trust the brownies. <laughs> well, <laughs> don't trust the baked goods. Don't yes. trust the little girls who try to sell you cookies. They give terrible advice, and they got them lost. They don't know the directions to the island. One of them does. Hey, but you know what? They could have just gone home without fighting, and they didn't because it wouldn't have been fun. That's so. true. All right. My next one. Willow, who needs magic when you've got misdirection? Nice. Although that is like kind of magic in itself. Um, uh, this is a reference that you will probably catch on to. Good. Willow, the fellowship of the baby. <laughs> I, it's not a pun, but I still want to make a buzzer noise. I, within like the first few, like actually it was before they even got anywhere. It was after all of the people from the village first set out. And I was like, they have this whole group that all got put together by a wizard. So they're trying to protect this He's one precious item. He's a sorcerer. Yes, it's there's close a enough. difference, I guess. Okay, my last one is Willow. Babysitting has never been so fantastic. Ah, <laughs> uh, pretty good. I like that one a lot. Pretty good. That's the one I just came up with. Very nice. Yeah, you're very good at that. Uh, Willow, forget everything you know about babies and trolls. Yes. That's it. <laughs> you, just don't know, you just don't know real trolls. You just know all those fake, fake Maybe they're trolls. all fake trolls. Yeah, maybe trolls aren't real. Mm-hmm. You haven't been to Iceland. Have you been to Iceland? I have not. Do they have trolls? Yeah. All right. Mm. Mark, I think you had one more. I do have one more. Willow, the adventures of young Professor Flitwick. It could happen. It's true. All right, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, and my final one. Willow, this summer's greatest fetch quest. Uh, all right, let's go on to our... F- if it was a real fetch quest, it'd be like five babies. <laughs> yeah. Go and bring the baby here, or bring the baby to the crosswords. Now bring the baby to a castle. Now go get the baby. All right. Our final game is the TV guide game, a description of the plot of the film you would see in a TV guide or Netflix description, though once again, hopefully missing the point. So, my first one. Mm. A man goes from getting out of jail, hanging out in bars and womanizing, to settling down and having a child in the same amount of time it takes for another man to deliver a baby. Hmm. <laughs> I had to think about that one. I don't know what noise I want to make internally, but there is a noise. Good. <laughs> Some kind of noise. <laughs> Um, okay. I am I I'm next again, yes? Yes. A farmer joins forces with a criminal to continue his lifelong dream, conning people into believing he can do magic. Okay. A farmer ends up being the worst babysitter when he loses his charge multiple times. Also very fair. Let's see. A badass woman betrays everything she knows because a drugged-up man says he likes her, while her mother fails to murder one of the easiest creatures to kill because she refuses to work ahead. I mean, that's basically just... Uh, okay. After a lifetime of military accomplishments, one nation's mighty- mightiest warrior meets his match and gets iced by the Iceman. 
No, no one. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> I got your Top Gun reference. I was waiting I've for the buzzer seen... again, but it didn't. Work. I've never seen Top Gun. Yeah, it's yeah. It's probably we're probably better off that way. We don't need her comments on it. <laughs> um, a long fantasy adventure to find Val Kilmer a decent costume. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought the pigs were pretty good. I thought you... Yeah, he gets it by the time he gets to the castle, yeah. but that's three-fourths of the way through the movie. I thought you were our hair reporter, not the costumer. Well, I mean, he has some pretty beaten-up costumes for most of the movie. True. All right. A young wizard learns over time that the master he has looked up to his entire life was just doing beginner magic, and a baby just keeps losing her parents over the first weeks of her life. All right. Yep. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Taking a bow. That, that, that was pity clap. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, That's the only kind of collapse I can get. All right, let's go Ooh. on to reviews. Our first scale, of course, is our potato scale, telling you what you can expect for emotions in this film based on our emotional connection to potatoes. So, somebody else start. What do you guys feel? What is this movie? What is Willow in terms of potatoes? I am probably not to be trusted. Uh-huh. I gave it, well, I gave it Black Potato because there are some weird things in this movie. There's people turning into pigs. There's that weird brain monster. There's banishing of baby souls. There's people getting all stabbed up. It's weird. So, I mean, if you have a sensitive child, maybe not show them that brain scene. I wouldn't. Um, But I also put mashed potatoes. I like this movie. It makes me happy. I like it. And I gave it five guys fries because I love this movie. Of course you did. It's perfect mm-hmm. in my eyes. <laughs> but you guys knew that was coming. Yeah, I, 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 I expected yep. just five guys fries. And, and I wasn't expecting that it was going to change because I have seen this more recently. I do watch it every couple years or so. Yeah, that's fair. <sighs> I, I wanted to give it a five guys fries because... Having never seen it before, I actually did enjoy it a lot, but... We do have a second play. I do see that, and mm-hmm. I knew that ahead of time, but thank wow. you. Um, I'm just telling you. I, I also, though, like I was saying, didn't really get into the story at first, um, and it took a <gasps> while like to get into that. So I, I kind of wanted to do the oven-baked potatoes that it took too long to get started. I will agree with your black potato also. I feel like you should give it a sweet potato since you felt like it was going to be animated. <laughs> yes, there, there's, I got, I've, I've had like six different potatoes for this one. Oh, so. good. Just a basket of potatoes. Yes. Um, yeah. So I, I, I would say the steak and shake probably just cause I, I can't get all the way to the five guys fries on this one. Steak and shake is the second place potato but also with the black potatoes you mentioned and the not as expected sweet potatoes and also that it took too long to get started oven baked potatoes all right well i am gonna do much of the same with my review i think oven baked potatoes definitely qualifies for me uh the beginning of the film lost me a bit um even after, you know, the suspension, disbelief, getting the story moving, uh, w- the fact that Willow loses the child, gets the child back, Mad Martian comes in and out of the story, that whole 
mess of a storyline in the beginning kind of derailed me. Um, and that it was much later in the film that I came back to it. So it does take a while to get me engaged in the film. Uh, so I think Often Baked Potato qualifies. Uh, as far as being an old movie, like this had some really interesting uh, effects to it that still kind of work. They're not like latest CGI, but they, they were the latest CGI at the time. And I feel like it hasn't aged as badly as some others have. So I think my other potato that I'm going to give it is um, probably a potato casserole. I think the brownies are just for kids, but I feel like kids would enjoy it. So it's more than just a tater tots. Uh, the fantasy level stuff is more for adults. Kids want to deal with that exposition, but they would really enjoy the chase scenes and the fight scenes. And the effects are great for everyone. So I feel like this movie has a lot for different audiences. So that's where I'm at with it. It's an oven baked potato that you made into a potato casserole. So let's go to our other review scale, which is a more traditional zero to 10 scale rating whether or not people should go back and watch this film. So what did you guys give it? Sarah, keep in mind that 10 is a max. I was going, I have written down, I will tell you on my sheet, I have two numbers Two scales written okay. down. I was going to give it an 11 out of 10, <laughs> but I have under that a 10 out of 10 because I know you told me I wasn't allowed to do that. Then why did but you I even write to, it down? <laughs> because I want the audience to know that it is still an 11 out of 10, no matter what Carl says, even if he is constricting me to the 10 out of 10. Uh, so, but that's still lower than what you gave Muppet Christmas Carol, Yes, right? but Muppet Christmas Carol was also corrected. Because there are, there are levels of perfect. <laughs> it's like there are different types of infinities from that one thing I never saw. <laughs> right. It's, Mark, some it's infinities are larger than others. Uh, yes, and okay. some perfects are more perfect than other perfects, but they're still all perfect. Right. Sure, if you say so. Uh-huh. Um, it makes sense. Kind of. I, so, I feel like we need to break this into, like, two different things. Like, one should be rewatchability, and one should be our actual rating of it. Like, I think, if for me, having never seen it before, I actually wouldn't have even known it exi existed, except that Sarah brought it up, because <laughs> I had never Love even it. heard of it before. So, I mean, uh, it, with that being there, you know, if you've never heard of it, it may not really ruin your life to never see it. But... Having seen it now, I would say it is definitely worth watching if you haven't. So it's hard to judge, I guess. I would put it definitely on the higher end of the scale. I would say a nine. Um, there are some things that make it where it's not perfect to me, <clears throat> but <laughs> but I would definitely recommend seeing it. All right. I think that's fair. Uh, so... Easy way to resolve that if that happens in the future, Mark. Just go off of your own experience. Should someone who's never seen this film go back and watch it uh, so that we don't have to mully up the scale? Anyway. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is exactly <laughs> what I'm doing. Uh, so parts of this movie dragged for me. Um, and it was a little tough to get through. And I've talked about my problems with the ending. I was expecting something different and i don't feel like the 
resolution was what they were building up to. I don't think that was a good enough payoff for me. Uh, Carl needed a happier ending. I just needed like Willow to be more effective. He, needed, he, he didn't needed, he intentionally needed trick the witch. The witch just happened to fall in her own trap. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so hubris. the fact that hubris is the real I bad just guy. don't love when things happen by happenstance, where you have all these well-formed characters that can actually make decisions and do actions. Anyway. It's called Don't Do Sloppy Magic. Anyway, I have discussed my problems with the film, but overall, like, the fight scenes are fun. The chase scenes are fun. Uh, and the transformation, some of the special effects are very fun. And that in mind, I'm, it kind of swayed me towards the upper scale of it. I can't give it a 10. I can't give it a nine, but I am going to give it a solid eight. I'll let you have it. All right. (laughs) I get to live everyone. It's a (laughs) magical day. But just know at some point, the never ending story is coming and that will be the murder horse. Have you, you haven't seen it, have you? I, I don't no, I know hasn't. a horse dies. Do, Both uh, me and Marker. Oh, our text. Our text. It'll be both me and Mark against you on that one if you don't like it. That's fine. That may or may not be coming up sooner than you think. Ooh. So. <laughs> the never ending story. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, Sarah, can you tell people where to find us online if they choose to do so? Yes, if I can find the correct page. You can find us on Facebook at Retrograding Podcast. You can find each other on Retrograding Party Line on Facebook. Our website is retrograding.fireside.fm. And we're also on iTunes, just retrograding. You can give us a like, a review, a share. Those help us out a lot. Get us new people to listen. I mean, just forward us to a friend. Forward us to all your friends. Turn us into a chain letter. Yes, please. Whatever. We'd love it. Thank you. All right. And that's going to bring us to our finals. No, no, is it's it? not. Because I want to say I want to say our music is done by Dominique Barnes. You can find her at, <laughs> on SoundCloud at Dominique Barnes. You want to contact her no more. Will that bring us to our final segment? Yes. All right, cool. Our final segment is, guys, I learned something today. And to finish us out, Sarah is going to tell us a lesson she learned from the film. Sarah, take us away. Guys, I learned something today. I learned, don't follow the bird, follow the river. Yeah, and that is going to close out another episode of Retrograding. We will catch you next time. the google how many question marks do we have on the russet it's pitch game tagline tv guide right yep same as always mike same as always even i remember this by this point i can't get on stage i'm trapped in a pregnancy belly (laughs) if you're you're real hardcore Warrior lady, you need... Really? I swear if it's ISU Foundation, I'm gonna... All right. Time for our 
<laughs> Phone call of the week. Who's calling this time? Actually, I'm not sure. It's it's not ICU Foundation, and it's not my sister, so I don't know who it is. Let me take a breath, and I'll bring us in. Ow! That hurt my rib. <laughs> I know. It just. I told you that's out of place. You're broken. You're broken on the insides. Yep.